Hey, Gabriel. Yes, Daniel. I'm a ham, buddy. Hit the theme music. Wow. Yeah. You, you don't get it? I don't, actually. Really? No. That's from the book. At some point, in one of like the many, many long digressions that Zoe goes into, at some point he says, look, I'm a ham. And it was the one thing I'm like, what does that mean? <laughs> well, it means he, he likes the limelight. You know, when you're a ham, you kind of like ham up scenes. Is that what that means? Yeah. No, that, that was not a like an, an obvious thing. Welcome, listener readers. Hello, everyone. To Slow Readers. Your weekly fast-paced literature podcast. Brought to you by Top Gun Radio. Here, the conversation is always on books. It's always on reading. It's always on literature. It's always on the written word. It's always on the way of the pilgrim. It's always on book being completely unavailable in audio format or digital. Really? Yeah. There's no, there's no audiobook of this. Well, uh, no, there's no, there's no audiobook. I don't know if there's ever been an audiobook, but there's definitely no audiobook readily available right now. Is there one on Catcher? Um, no. Really? Yeah. Wow. Um, and also, yeah, uh, digitally, these are also largely unavailable as well. Wow. You can illegally find them online. Yeah, that's what actually, I did if a uh, banana fish. I'm assuming. Yeah. Uh, actually, just yesterday, um, instead of reading this, I was actually I looked up if banana fish was available online. Or we're talking about, of course, a perfect day for banana fish, the first story from Nine Stories by J.D. Salinger. Let's not, not the hilarious far. manga banana fish. What? There's a manga called Banana Fish. Yeah, right. You don't have to tell me. I, I think it's a shoujo. I don't care. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, but we're talking about that, and uh, yeah, it's available online. Just just Google that mm-hmm. PDF, and you can just you can get it and read it. It's really yeah. good crime that said who and what are you gabriel hello everyone my name is gabe amara i am a comedian every now and again i'm a writer and i'm an audio producer and i'm a tender of the bar you're a ten you're a tender bar yes i am the one who watches over and mods all of roseanne's tweets that was my bad everybody Wow, yeah, that was your job. Yeah, that was me. You fucked it up, I let man. Her down. I mean, I gotta be honest. That that is a huge PR. Yeah, problem. no, that was me. <laughs> I beefed that one. Yeah, well, you also you also uh, gave her uh, racist sleeping pills. Yeah, that was me. <laughs> yeah. I gave her I gave her this racist ambience, uh-huh. and also um, I I was the one who told her all about QAnon. Ah, uh, okay, I knew it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, Gabriel. Yep. Uh, I am writer, editor, and. Pre- Audio producer. <laughs> audio producer. No, I was going to say producer of audio. That's what I was going to say, but for some reason it was it weirded me out to say producer of audio. Sure. It's like the the bit I was doing confounded myself. I, I watched it happen. I am a writer, editor, and producer of audio. Mm-hmm. And also I am an author. Correct the moon. Of the written word. That's true. All right. That said, it's already warm in here. <laughs> yes. You also didn't say your name. Oh, I'm Daniel. Yes. Uh, the great Gonzo. I was doing everything backwards. Uh, Daniel Gonzalez. Yeah, mm-hmm. who gives a fuck? No one cares anymore. God damn it! Not only it's only our thousands of subscribers. Mm. I feel like there was something um, interesting I was going to bring up before we officially start about. Is I that have... we lost all of our thousands of subscribers? Yeah, we lost them all. Mm. You know what it was? It was that Roseanne Barr thing. Yeah. I mean, like, I got to be honest. Like, once they realize that they drew the connection, it's like, oh, mm-hmm. those slow reader guys. One of those guys dropped the ball there. Yeah, I'm also Logan Paul's producer, so I'm just dropping the ball <laughs> left and right. Dropping the Paul left and right. Dropping the Paul. Mm-hmm. Oh, boy. Yeah. You're, for more content like this, uh, subscribe and uh, mm-hmm. review and share all previous 118 episodes of Slow Readers. The storm's coming. The storm is coming. Mm-hmm. All right. What <laughs> the fuck? Uh, yeah. So let's let's get it. I do not believe in any QAnon wackadoo bullshit. But Gabriel is super fucking into Pizzagate. <laughs> I am all about Pizzagate. You're, you're just like, listen, Hillary Clinton mm-hmm. has pizzas all over America. Yep. And they have child dungeons on in mm-hmm. the basements. Yeah. Right. And the only one who can save the day is quadrilateral fourth dimension thinker chess player Donald J. Trump. <laughs> Donald J. Trump. That's it. Anyway, uh, <laughs> this is a real literature podcast. This, and we're going to prove how real it is by immediately going into book talk. Stranded. Unlike, stranded. Yes, yeah, speaking strand of Strand 80 list. Um, very briefly, this is another uh, exciting chapter in our Stranded uh, series where basically we're going over each of the 81 books mm-hmm. in the 80 book Strand 80 list. Correct. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's more like how many, considering there's some um, five Narnia books and there's three Lord of the Rings books. Yeah, well, it's like honest, Strand eighty seven. Technically, it's a Strand eighty seven. Got and again to just bring up that one thing that I'm I'm both sick of mentioning, but also I'm gonna mention it again just to rub in their faces. Very annoying. Lord of the Rings three books has one entity on the list. Yep. 
uh, Chronicles of Narnia, which has like six, seven, five or six, something like that on in its in its list in a series. Uh, one spot on the list. Yeah, one entry. Harry Potter. Five of the books have individual listings. Yeah. Yeah. And I forget which ones are not on there. Out of anything, that it does make me wonder. Like, did were those not as popular? I don't know. Yeah, I know. If you work at the Strand, one of the best bookstores in the world in New York City, fix your fucking list. Fix your fucking list, you coward. You fucking jerks. You fucking dopes. It's a nice bookstore. Bring though. back it's really Doofus. Nice. It's really, it's a really good. Hashtag bookstore. Doofus. They now also sell uh, used books, which is really cool. Yeah, no, it's it's one of the best bookstores in the world, and I love it. It is. It, it is. It probably is. I don't know. Bookstore. We haven't been to the last bookstore yet here in Los Angeles, sunny Los Angeles, where you and I live, Daniel. Uh, yeah, Earthquake Central. Yay, Gabriel. Tugboat. Part of the Mexican Secession. Mm-hmm. Gabriel. Yep. Uh, did you read the book? <laughs> yes. That was. That's what I call a segue. Yeah. Hey, Gabriel. Okay. I think we like we normally don't record this late in the afternoon. Uh, I closed my bar last night, and I woke up and immediately started like pounding like. Prosecco, uh-huh. so, and I napped again for the rest of the day, so I'm feeling a little out of it. You're feeling a little out of it? Just a little bit out of it. Well, I'm not helping, because mm-hmm. uh, I've never read this book before, and I never, just finished ever? it right before. No, I read, um, I read like, the first, like, ten pages of Franny, like, sure. a long-ass time ago. By the way, we're reading uh, Franny and Zoe by H.H. Salinger. Francis and Zachary. Francis Francis and Zachary uh, classes. Mm-hmm. Gabriel. Yep. So we read a book. Yep. Uh, and the book is Franny and Zoe. By John no, Jerome, Jerome David, David Salinger. Salinger. Yes. I was gonna say Johnny Dillinger Salinger again. Johnny Dillinger Salinger. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, that actually. I, I would love for us to no, just like Johninger Dillinger Salinger. Yeah, I know. And Gabriel. Yep. First off, uh, this is the Christoph. This is technically the third book out of four mm-hmm. of uh, Salinger's books that we've done here. Correct. Uh, we've always been kind of cheerleaders for him at this point. Yeah, weirdly so. We're we're massive fans. You know what? Not weirdly so. He earns it. <laughs> no, I, I just feel like that of all, like we, for a literature podcast, we've gone, we've gone ham on going, talk about going ham. Yeah, we're we've going ham, ham, on, ham buddy. on JD, buddy, JD ham, buddy. We going JD ham on this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So this is the third one that we're doing. Yeah. Um. Subsequently, um, we usually would like talk a little bit about uh, uh the authors beforehand. We've mm-hmm. talked a lot about him. Yeah, we've already had oh, how many? Um, we've had ten episodes. Yes, ten. Because we did an episode on each of the nine stories, and uh-huh. we also did an episode on Catcher and Rye. Yeah, featuring Matt Struck. And yeah, and this is the now we're doing Franny and Zoe. Mm-hmm. Now we should vow to never do Raise High the Roof Beams and Seymour Introduction. Gabriel, we should do Raise High the Roof Beam Beams Carpenters. Carpenter. Car- well, no, I wrote, I, I wrote it down. Raise high the roof beam carpenters. It's not it's not uh, plural beams? I don't believe so. I mean, I'll double check it right now just to be certain. I mean, but you, like, I, I very specifically wrote this. You did the research. I did not do the research. Yes. I was watching Super Mario speedruns. Gabriel, uh-huh. how long? what year do you think Jerome David Salinger died? He died, well, only a few years ago, didn't he? What, what, how long ago do you think? I want to say it was 20, 2014. He died in 2010. Really? Yeah, it's been a while. It's been a while. It's been wow. a while. Raise high. I'm trying to remember, like, where was I working when they found that out? Like, it, yeah, but um, no, I wanted to write that down because, yeah, it does feel like he just died like several years ago. Yeah. Instead of almost a decade ago. Yeah, that's pretty wild. I remember um, uh, I was working at an Insomnia Cookies at that time. Really? Wow, that's mm-hmm. the longest time ago. It was a long time ago. Raise high the roof beam carpenters. God damn it. Also, I thought... I but thought... the other one's called Seymour's Un's Introductions, right? <laughs> yeah, and it's Seymour and Introductions. Seymour's and Introductions. Uh, I'm sorry, before we get too far away, yes. Man only has four published novels, or mm-hmm. books. Yep. Um, One novel and three, co- three collections of stories that he's published. Most right. of them are published in The New Yorker. Yeah. Um, The one novel, everyone knows, Catcher in the Rye. Mm-hmm. It is probably like the one book that everybody, every single person in America has read if you've been in school. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, so this is the third published uh, book of his, which was published in 1961. Cool. Um, and very important to say that uh, Nine Stories, which was like, Jesus, like 54, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, that collected all the stories that was like written, published uh, previously, I mean, in like the 40s and like the very early 50s. Mm-hmm. Uh, there was very, so like hardly any of them was written in the actual 50s themselves. In fact, after Catcher in the Rye, uh, four stories were published that he wrote in the 50s at all. And this is back when he was publishing. Um, Franny was published in 1955. Yes. 
Uh, Raise High the Roof Beam Carpenters was published in 1955. Oh, wow. Uh, Zoe was published in 1957. Isn't it kind of wild to realize that these two stories were in three years or published like two years apart? Yeah. Uh, and uh, Zoe was published in 1957, two years apart. Wow. Uh, and, and like, I'm sorry. No, I repeated myself. Seymour in Introduction, 1959. Wow. So again, like... He, these are all published in a New Yorker? These are long stories. A lot of these are published. Yeah. Like basically... Um, and uh, speaking of which, uh, the last thing that he published, which was Hapworth... 16 1924 mm -hmm. which was published in 1965 uh-huh uh that was that basically took up that entire issue of uh the new yorker basically and then you got like savaged over it yes uh that was the last thing that he had published in his lifetime yeah, he took his ball and went home he, he took his ball and went home no he, he published which is uh and we can talk about the content a little bit because it actually does relate to the thing that we're going to be I've talking never about read 16 now uh neither have i, I actually uh downloaded it and uh and, and have it in like a like a like a doc sure you're gonna remix it um yeah uh no the um but no it's about it is a letter it is a very very long letter written by buddy glass oh. a member well probably the oldest living member of the glass he family is the oldest living member uh siblings i mean um, yeah, of the, of, the, of the glass children. Of the glass children, yes, because the first. What's born... his first name, Daniel? Buddy. Oh, yes. Fuck, I don't remember. Did you look it up? Yeah, his um, first name is Webb. Webb. Yep. All right. Is Seymour, that... Webb, Beatrice slash Boo Boo, uh, Walden Waker, um, and then I was gonna guess these. Zachary, Zoe, and Francis. Freddy. Yeah, no, I forgot. Did about I miss that one? Thing. I feel like you added an extra one. No, Walden but, Waker. Because basically, yeah. Uh, this is the names that they're basically commonly known as. And let's see how well I can get this in order of birth. It goes Seymour, Buddy. Mm -hmm. uh, I forgot. Boo Boo. Boo Boo. And then there's the twins, Walter and Waker. Which one's dead? Walter? Uh, Walt is dead. Walt is dead? Okay. Yeah. So there's just Waker. Waker who became a priest a or a monk Catholic or something. Catholic priest. Yes. And then it goes uh, uh, Zoe. Mm -hmm. And then Franny. Yep. The names, the very familiar names of the glass children. Mm -hmm. And also most of his... and. Well, apparently, it includes Catcher in the Rye, but I was going to say, like, Elva's non-Catcher in the Rye stuff all involved in the Glass family, even though apparently Buddy is kind of retconned as being the author of a bunch of, like, books by J.D. Salinger. Yes. Um, in, in the world in the world of the Glass Cinematic Universe, um, yes. Buddy wrote <laughs> Catcher in the Rye, theoretically. He also wrote Teddy. Yes. And I think um uh I think banana also, fish I think theoretically I think he wrote I think he also wrote um I don't know about banana fish I know he he was supposed to have written uh down at the dinghy oh, which yeah, was about right. boo boo glass that's my favorite story um but yeah like uh, so basically and, and also obviously uh, for the listeners' sake um specifically Zoe in this book uh is very directly and very literally spelled out is written by Buddy Glass yes that's it I'm not done yet uh, oh man <laughs> well smorgasbord of information here's over something here. very very interesting. Um, in February 2019, mm. his widow, Colleen O'Neill, and son, Matt Salinger, uh, did say that all of what he wrote will at some point be shared because since 1965, he refused to publish his stories, but he didn't stop writing. Mm -hmm. So, like, in that, what, like, 55 years, he was, was that? Yeah. No? Yeah, yeah. Okay. 55 years, he continuously wrote. He just wasn't publishing anything. And, like, we're all kind of wondering that, like, I remember when he died, his, like, family was like, yeah, we got all these books. We're going to do something with them. And then, uh -huh. like, nine years later, nothing has happened. Um, so, basically, they said that, however, it's a big job and not ready. But, um, but supposedly, there's, like, going to be a treasure trove. Uh, just like Shovel Knight. Supposedly. <laughs> supposedly, they're going to be re uh, released over the next decade, ideally. Sure. Uh, content is being kept to wraps. These are the debunked stories they're debunked stories because supposedly that we're gonna finally we're gonna like read the real ones when we're 40 <laughs> yeah that's um we're all gonna read them when we're 40 but these are the ones that we're supposed to have someone said at some point that like t that they're gonna be released before 2020 which okay didn't happen one of them was going to be a second book revolving around holding caulfield sure and there was another book that was supposedly based on salinger's marriage to a nazi collaborator okay which apparently was a real thing are they gonna publish his fan fiction of atticus finch called <laughs> ghost at a watchman Ghost set of Watchmen? Nice. Yes. I like that. Um, <laughs> oh, but, uh, poor Harper Oh, Lee. Jerry. Poor Harper Lee. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. That's it. Now yeah. we're here. Franny and Zoe. The book was published in 1961, by the way. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. And basically, so that we're just kind of filling in some of the gaps about old Jerome. Yep. Because we love him. <laughs> yeah, we're big fans. Gabriel. Yes, Daniel. Have you read Franny and Zoe before? I have. Um, I read this one. I was 
uh, 18. Cool. Weirdly enough, um, I, as I've said many times on the show, we've talked about Salinger a lot. Yeah. I did not care for Catcher when I read it when I was 16. Um, I continue to not really care for it that much. I get it much better now that I'm a grown man. Um, listen to our episode. Oh, your mom's calling. You want to answer the phone? No. Okay. <laughs> um, uh, but uh, I don't know what spurred me to pick this up because I hadn't read the nine stories and I had and I didn't like Catcher, so I randomly, randomly decided to pick this copy up. I have very, very strong, fond memories of like sitting on my rooftop in Pennsylvania and like the sunshine and reading this book. Ah, uh, like a young Keats. Uh... Exactly. I remember being like, "Man, I wish I could smoke cigarettes at home." <laughs> yeah. Oh, you. Yeah. Uh, Gabriel. I was a little bit pretentious. Hey, weren't we all? Weren't we all? Gabriel. Yes, Daniel. Uh, as I've said before. Uh, You've never read this before. I've read uh, Catcher in the Rye before mm-hmm. we're supposed to read it for, for school. It was like the first real book that I remember loving. Sure. Um, and also feeling a connection to. Mm-hmm. Uh, when it was time for everyone to read it for, for high school. Everyone hated it, so I stopped talking about it. Yeah, fair. Um, And then sure enough, like at some point later That's on. That's about the band Lit. What? That everyone... Oh, that's because I just made fun of him. Yeah. Yeah. But Dude. clearly your opinion, yeah. it meant the world. Also, <laughs> oh, you know, it just was like, you know, uh, uh, you know who's better than Lit? Elliot Smith. That was just natural maturation. I was say, there's a lot of bands better than Lit. There's very few bands better than Lit, Daniel. Uh, Everclear? Oh, fair. Okay, you got me there, <laughs> Yeah, bro. I got you there. That's it. The entire playlist at the at the restaurant this morning. That's it. Um, no, no. Uh, so, honestly, I feel like that kind of kept me from, like, kind of going through the other books sure. by Salinger. Wait, so, what's, what stopped you prior? Why did you never want to pick up Nine Stories or oh, Franny, even though you love Catcher? Because, uh, because everyone thought it was ridiculous that I liked it. And, mm. like, honestly, that kind of soured my kind of experience. Oh, no, I meant, like, beforehand. It had been years. Oh, just because, like, I don't know, how many times do you... You don't really seek out authors in that way when you're that long, young. I, I don't know. I did. I was pretty young, though. My, my family, you know, like, like my family were all, like, crazy bibliophiles. And, uh-huh. you know, every week we all went to the library together. Well, to be honest, I don't remember what my reading habits were like back then. Mm. To be honest, I don't even remember what necessarily got me into... Got, made me pick up Catcher in the Rye. Um, it's, it's all a bit of a blur. Um, it's hard to, to figure out exactly when that was or what was going on. But... Yeah, that's deep seated emotional things. That said, so I didn't get into this. I didn't get into them until recently. In fact, Lion Stories was the first thing that I really picked up. I mm-hmm. read a few of the stories beforehand, really enjoyed them. Yeah, but like I didn't finish the Nine Stories until we read it for this. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, this is the first time I've read this. And as I said before, I I read like the first ten pages of Franny at some point. I I remember I bought a copy of this. This is like my second fucking copy. Sure. Um, I had to buy it again because huh, my first copy is on the East Coast. Mm-hmm. Um. And yeah, so this is the and I and I finished it. It's a very it's a wonderfully short book. Good job, Daniel. <laughs> Yay! I can read short books. So should we discuss what the book's about for anyone who hasn't? Gabriel, read it? can you tell us what is Franny and Zoe all about? Alrighty. So for those of you who have not read this book, in brief, Franny is old. Well, Franny and Zoe are two separate stories, but they are connected together. Zoe's kind of like the Iron Man two that Iron Man one, because that's my sequel kind of game. Um, Franny is about. Young Franny Glass, the youngest dumb child of the Glass family, a family of prodigies, she arrives in um, like a college town to have a like a weekend of her boyfriend, and Franny starts to descend into a kind of manic, spiritual and existential crisis while trying to maintain a conversation until she faints, mm-hmm. and. Zoe is the immediate aftermath of that, where Franny has come has come home to the family apartment in New York. And where she's continuing her, her spiritual crisis. And the rest of it is basically her older brother, Zoe, or mm. Zachary, having discussions with his mother, with their mother, Bessie, mm. and her, centering around her crisis and a certain little book called The Way of the Pilgrim, and the Pilgrim Continues His Journey. Yes, real books. And I kept I kept thinking this was initially, uh, I think it's called like The Pilgrim's Way. Yeah. Which is like a, a completely different book. Okay. Uh, you know what I mean? I think so. Yeah, there there is one book that is that is like, like a Christian ho- the Hobbit. <laughs> it's like is where it the it's, alchemist? it's like this. Fa- no, no, no. It, it, it's like this. Like a uh, I I'll, I'll figure out what it is. I might be getting something wrong, but definitely the word pilgrim is in there. Okay. Um, yeah, I'll figure that out later. Uh, yeah, and also this is the first time I'm reading a book that very explicitly is about the Glass family, not to be confused with. Um, nine stories, which had stories that were about the individual glass members, mm-hmm. like uh, you know, uh, down at the dinghy, 
isn't really about the family. Like, yeah. as far as you know, it's just a name. He kind of reuses glass. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas this very... Well, there's a direct reference to Seymour in it. What's that? There's a direct reference to Seymour in Seymour and Down the Dinghy. Oh, well, yeah. But, like, so there's, like, that. Yeah, they're all most. kind of, like, side references. But it's it's side references. You wouldn't necessarily... It's not necessarily brought together. Whereas this, uh, especially uh, Zoe, is the very first one that... Basically, it also talks about mainly the history of the Glass Children, such as that they were all apparently like these wonder kids who were on a show called, fuck, what's it called? It's a Wise Child. It's a Wise Child. I don't remember that name because it's very awkward. Mm-hmm. It's a Wise Child. It's not catchy. It's a, it's a Wise Child. It's a Wise Child, sorry. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, yeah, like, and it's uh, it, like a lot of the stories, uh, well, actually, all the stories that we're talking about before, um, a lot of them are about basically. Well, this, how about this? In this They're story, about what this, Daniel? This story has a very big theme of uh, children who had very rich. Uh, they had rich childhoods, and basically, as adults, never really like came into themselves. They, they mm-hmm. instead like, uh, and I think the catalyst of that was Seymour's suicide, because that seems to be kind of like like the point when everything started to really go downhill for the family. I mean, obviously, but it very much is like the point. Sure. Because I mean, all these all these kids and whatnot, you have. Zoe, who is he's an I like how uh Franny and Zoe are both like the beautiful ones. Yes, and they're both a, they're, they're only they're actors, actors, right? Yeah, yeah, the only actors. Mm-hmm. Yeah, not not including them being on the show. Yeah, Miss Seymour was a soldier and a professor. Mm-hmm. Um, Buddy is a English professor. Um, Boo Boo is a housewife. Um, Walt died in the war. Waker's a priest, mm-hmm. and yeah, the two of them. Um, um, uh, Zoe is a professional television actor. He's like the best looking of them. Yeah. And uh, uh, Franny's currently a college student who does who's in theater. Yeah. And specifically, Zoe is also he's like the bitter one. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's kind of uh, yeah. No, I, I I really dig Zoe. And uh, uh-huh. and Franny, she's like she she has like that really awesome Salinger like hero kind of thing where she's brighter, more intelligent than like the world will let her be. And like I think she's kind of like suffering from that. Like interesting. I, I really like the that's interesting read on the, that. The Franny so yeah. I mean, don't get me wrong. Um, I've just read it, so I'm still kind of like kind of like. I think it it's more like like what she can't let herself be. She, I think like the the world continues on despite the Glass family. Well, whenever I read something like the actual story of Franny in this, it's it's very much where like. I don't know, like, the world is almost so fucking constrictive around her. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, I don't know, <laughs> Lane, her boyfriend, who's sure. featured in the story, who is, was, uh, comes close to almost being, like, just, I couldn't stand him and the yeah. way he talked. Like, it was, like, it was getting, it was, if you're annoyed at uh, the way Holden Caulfield talks yeah. in Catcher in the Rye. Imagine if Holden was, like, a rich, preppy <laughs> douchebag. And it was. Confident, so... like, beyond all, like, reason. And was completely, like. Like, inconsiderate. <laughs> yeah, being like, yeah, this fucking guy thinks that his paper is better than my paper on Flaubert. I'm sorry. Oh, my God. You don't want to talk about this? We have all day, and you don't want to talk about this? Why don't you want to, for yeah. Christ's sake, why don't you want to goddamn He's talk awful. about this? Yeah. Lane's awful. It's, yeah. And, and I, I, yeah, and uh, and such. So, so we'll, we'll get we'll get more into our interpretations of Glass Family psychology. But, all right. first time reading this, Daniel... Let's 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 start right off the goddamn fucking bat. Gabriel, did you like it? How well, when you asked you, how did you like it? Oh. Well, uh no, I liked it a lot. Gabriel, how much <laughs> did you like it? <laughs> um my so this was my favorite Salinger book. Probably still is. I don't know, Nine Stories is a bit is tighter. Um I I don't remember I, I obviously I remember reading this book, mm. but my thoughts on it were much more like like eighteen year old, wow, I just read a bit of mature work that's <laughs> much more interesting to me. And now reading it as a 31 year old, I, I had a, I have a very different reading on it now. <laughs> For a second, I was like 31. Yes. I, I keep reading your birthdays at the end of the year. Yes. <laughs> 32 in November. Okay. Um, I, I get, I get it more. Mm-hmm. Maybe that's just a really dumb way to put that, but I get it so much more of that. Like, <laughs> like reading it is as a, like as a, as a freshman in college, you're like, Wow. This lot a lot of deep stuff. I mean, I I think I get all this kind of deep stuff, but reading it now after ten more years of life experience and knowledge and my own plenty of existential crises, mm-hmm. it's it becomes so much more difficult and painful 
um, in the climax, one of the climactic moments of the story where Zoe is just like like haranguing Franny. He's mm. like lying on the ground and he's tearing her apart. Like basically her whole, all of her convictions and all of her doubts. <laughs> you know, it's, and you, you understand and you appreciate and you also, you hate Zoe in the moment, mm-hmm. but he's right. Yeah. But um, I, I have, I, it's, I think my main takeaway from it this time around is the fascination of Franny is having a crisis of not being listened to. And Zoe even goes out of his way to say something like, yeah, I'm not telling you anything you don't know already. And she's, or she echoes him on that. Mm-hmm. And it's just, you know, the world wanting to, when, when all your, when you're crushing your, your own self, with your own critical thoughts about the world, everything you hate, the last thing you want is a lecture on why you're wrong because it's already what you know. It's already what you hate yourself for. Yeah. So it, it this hit me on a much more emotional level than it did before. Yeah, totally. Um, yeah, I, I totally agree. I, I very much... I mean, the climax of the story is, as Gabriel said, um, it's it's Zoe finally talking to his sister and his way of talking to her. This this bitter kind of self-hating actor yeah. um, who, like, lying on the ground, just basically t- saying, like, why she's being selfish yeah. and whatnot. Yeah, how and, could you do this to everyone? Yeah, you're... you're like, he, he describes himself and she describes him as a destructive person. Yes. That they, um, since they were kids, they've we were taught by Seymour and Buddy to analyze and break things down and it kind of put a weird kind of like onus in their minds. Yeah. And, um, especially, especially, I'm pretty sure it was Zoe who said this, but Zoe's especially like kind of like has contempt for Seymour and buddy for basically parenting them in this way. It's definitely Zoe. Uh, yeah, it was definitely Zoe. Um, but yeah, and it just like, so yeah, he does and he's not wrong. Yeah. But he's, he's kind of like mixing it with his own kind of, like his self-loathing and how much he hates the people around him and he works with. He's talking about like all the things he hates about acting. Yeah. And like in the moment he sees that like he's only making her hurt worse, he feels it and kind of like and runs away. And he does this really wonderful thing where <laughs> and he goes he goes he basically goes downstairs, goes into his brother's room, mm-hmm. uh calls the house on like the private phone there and pretends to be buddy. Yeah. Which I love I love the touch of he tries to do this and he gets her to kind of like 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 rant about how pissed off she is at Zoe. Open up, yeah. And then she immediately figures out that it's yeah. him. Like I, I I really dig that. And and for once, Zoe kind of recognizes what he does, and he just really talk. He really listens to her, and also kind of talks to her, and he's mm-hmm. also being considerate. Yeah, it's it's really great that even before the phone call, it's preceded by like that like Zoe has realized that he is only made it worse he has caused pain to his sister mm-hmm. and he apologizes but she doesn't she she can't even hear him through her grief and he goes down to the room and there he sees all of their like what buddy and seymour wrote all these like epigrams and epigraphs about like philosophy and such yeah and even before he calls he just sits at their desks at, at seymour's desk and at buddy's desk and he just kind of like sits there for half an hour like just trying to work his own way out of himself, try to figure it out. Mm-hmm. And the only way to communicate to Zoe, to make, to Franny, to make it better is to like channel Buddy. Yeah, and it's also very interesting because I think um, uh, Franny said that like the one thing she wants to do is talk again to Seymour. Yeah, and like, yeah, and that, that yeah. like pisses off Zoe like right away. And he he he, in a weird way, does that. Yeah. Like because again he goes to the room and kind of like channels both Seymour and Buddy yeah. together. And um also yeah, oh, oh it's very interesting to say that that uh Zoe specifically, that is a rock band playing downstairs. Awesome. I'm kidding. Um though uh in Franny that it's essentially about four characters. Yeah. It's about it's about Buddy. I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. I said that backwards. It's about Franny. Yep. It's about Zoe. Mm-hmm. It's about uh, the mother Bessie. Uh, Bessie. Uh, and also Buddy, who's kind of like a non-present character. But he's also a present narrator. He's a present narrator. And I'm wondering what this says about a lot, especially because they talk constantly about Buddy. Yeah. Um, And the idea that, again, to kind of fix up, everyone wants to reach Buddy. Like the mother is complaining that like she's been calling, she's been trying to reach him. He doesn't want to call, co- is not contacting and whatnot. Yeah, but he's almost like a recluse at this point. Yeah. He teaches at this little women's college and lives in a little hut. Yeah, and he's also fairly bitter about his situation too in a letter that he wrote he wrote to uh zoe yeah, the story begins with zoe reading this long letter that's old four-year-old letter from buddy like like assuring him that he should be an actor yeah 
and also kind of talking about uh, Seymour a little bit. I'm assuming I, I forget exactly how long the suicide was at this point, but it was like this was like a he few was, years. I he think. was still he was talking a bit about that. Um, so yeah, that's also interesting. Also interesting about the uh, the there's fact, a lot interesting in this book. Th- there's a lot of interesting things. One of the several interesting things in this book. Yes, Daniel. Uh, the kind of way Zoe's written mm-hmm. the story, Zoe. Um, it's really dense. Like yes. the descriptions and it's, um, but I, I'm wondering, it's calling attention to the fact that this is written by somebody. Yes. Yeah. And it's just, you can see that like Franny is not written by somebody. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's an actual just description of the actions. Whereas like Buddy is present as a character. One of my favorite little touches in the whole thing is that, uh, um, near the end, right when, uh, when, when Zoe's making the fake phone call. Um, he doesn't say immediately that he's faking the call. It's like that Franny and the virtuoso on the other end of the line. It's like editorializing, <laughs> but it's it's great that the like the story's much better for being in Buddy's voice. Yeah, it it is it brings a very particular kind of thing that honestly I don't one hundred percent like get even what that means, especially because like a lot of the conversation. The other thing we haven't talked about as much, but like uh, a lot of the conversation is about God and Jesus and. The, Who are those guys? Uh, they're uh, characters from uh, Lord of the Rings. Oh, okay. Um, Makes sense. But uh, yeah. And that's that's another thing where it's like as if Buddy's the voice of God in this a little bit, maybe. Maybe. I, I, again, like it's it's one of those things where it's like it's like once you remember the fact because um, the stuff about that calls attention to the Buddy thing is all at the beginning. Mm-hmm. So like by the end of the story, you might forget that like, oh, this is Buddy writing about his family. Yes. So yeah. I, I love the preambling of Buddy before he disappears from the story, more or less. He talks about how it's like, like I'm writing this from the like the very long-winded recollections that each of the characters told me about after the fact, <laughs> and just read. Now I'm now I'm in the third person. Don't mind me. And it's and again, as you said, like uh, Franny is very much written as if it was like a story from Nine Stories, where it's mm-hmm. it's that classic, like very clear, very tight, like kind of writing that Salinger yeah. writes. Um, Listeners, did you know that JD Salinger is a good writer? Did you know? Honestly, like he's a he's a he's, a he's good up there. But meanwhile, like instead of being like clear, crisp, and very to the point, this is like, for example, this is like the first sentence of of Zoe. The facts at hand presumably speak for themselves. Already, I'm just like whoa, uh-huh. but a trifle more vulgarly vulgarly wow i suspect then it then facts usually even wait then facts even usually do uh oh, that's the end of the sentence but pff, yeah like yeah, it's 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 it's, it's it's such a weird kind of and never wrong like it's very purposeful uh, zalinger mm-hmm. was very much about that uh you know it's about subtext yes yeah and and like the way the story is told is a huge part of the thing mm-hmm. and like that's something else and again i'll maybe down the line of, if i i definitely at some point want to revisit the story so um yeah and i'm curious what uh, how my mind will, will, will go, will go this is that. a heavy book there's all like really that reading all God. the way all th- reading all throughout <laughs> zoe there's so many ideas and information and knowledge in it that and, like that characters like convincing themselves convincing other people it's it's a lot it's pretty great yeah and a lot to say about you know uh religion which he never really wrote about explicitly before mm-hmm. this yeah does uh have you read raise but raise high the roof ceiling carpenters the raise high the roof beam carpenters yeah her i have yeah yeah is that one also more religious no that well maybe there's always a subtext of it in his work but that's about um seymour's wedding day and it's all about like this the swelteringly hot day that buddy is attending buddy buddy, buddy narrates it okay he also in the first person. He also narrates, uh, or he writes uh, Seymour an introduction, right? Yes. Okay, that's interesting. Um, and uh, Gabriel, did you know that one of the many fucking weird things that uh, Soundra the Recluse was doing later in life was he drinking his own pee? No. Um, is that well? It, he also did this to his poor then wife and child. Um, I don't know if he did this to the subsequent wives, but uh, but basically, like he would like vanish from like the house for like long periods of time while basically making sure that his wife was just like like you need to watch the house. I'm gonna vanish, and he'd come back with according in her words a new different kind of religion that I he, have heard that this, he yes. yeah. Um, I forget exactly. Maybe it was just like Wikipedia or something. Yeah, he's but... a relentless seeker, on he, Jerome David. He was constantly, yeah, and it's it's it is very interesting that like yeah, it this sounds like that, that yeah. relent, relentlessly seeking, um, yeah, and this weird kind of mixture of east and west. Gabriel, I think we're going on a bit long. 
Yeah. Uh, let's go to break real quick. When we come back, we'll do uh, a little game. I see. That you prepared for us. I prepared a game. And then we're going to come back again and do final thoughts, wrap talking this, also roll to see what other goddamn yeah. strand book could fuck free we'll, we'll try to tell you something you ain't already heard about Franny and Zoe, but you know, we're, we're, we're kind of hams here. We're hams. We're hams, buddy. We're here for you fat ladies. All right. Uh, throw us to break. Okay. Welcome back. Hi, everyone. Dear readers, too. Slow readers. Roast leaders. I ran out of air. Oh. <laughs> uh, America's Fast Space Literature Podcast. Brought to you by Top Gun Radio. That's us. And also Fox News. Uh, not, you know, not us. Saying the things that people just like really feel but are too scared to say. Yes, thank God we're out here speaking truth to power. Well, it's not really Fox. That's more like a, like a fringe. Anyway, it's, um, it's more of like an Alex Jones thing. Anyway, that said, uh, this is the time of the show where we play a game. We play a game. Gabriel, did I create this game? No. Did you create this game? I did. Game made a game. It's a game. This, this is a gamey maybe. Hey, I like that. <laughs> no maybe. Always gamey, my, always gamey my gamey. Gamey gamey. Gamey gamey. A gamey gamey. Game game. A game game. A game game. Game game. That's what. Gabe game. Yes. It's a Gabe we're, game. We, we took a caffeination and shopination break. Mm-hmm. We had some vodka. In case you can tell by our manic energy. Totally. I don't feel sweat no more. All right, Daniel. Ready to play this game? I am ready to play the game. All right, Daniel. So, there was some terrible news in the literary world this week. Um, Literary giant Toni Morrison passed away. She did. Valhalla Taker. What? I said Valhalla Taker. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Fair. I bet like I did, yeah, no. Odin and shit would be Odin all shit. Over she, him. she, <laughs> Odin, Odin. Uh, I was gonna Odin and Zeus. Uh, <laughs> yeah, Odin and Zeus. Odin, the tightest bros there ever were. <laughs> Odin, Thor, and all them, and then Tony Morrison. Hell yeah! Wouldn't that be the greatest like thing to find in the afterlife? <laughs> all right, Daniel. So, I don't mean to shame you in this game. Uh, I really don't. Because and before I was so gonna... there's a butt coming, right? Yes. <laughs> okay. I was gonna make a game. But I thought it was actually a little too insulting to the memory of Toni Morrison. I was going to call it Morrison or Morrison and have you decide what the quote was Jim Morrison or Toni Morrison. Ah, that would have been great. But I think that seemed a little disrespectful to her memory. I will. So hopefully this one is less disrespectful. <laughs> but it's more disrespectful to me. Yeah, this one is, hopefully. Oh, yeah. Um, so, How Daniel, dare you? we're going to out you as a potential racist. Wait, what? Because <laughs> I'm going to ask, I'm going to give you a book description and you're going to tell me. If it's a Toni Morrison classic or an Alice Walker classic. Who's Alice Walker? She's just like a, uh, a random romance writer, right? No. Who's that? No, no. I'm sorry. Alice Walker. I'm not really familiar with her, but what what kind of books did she do? She um, wrote The Color Purple, Daniel. Really? So she she is, did? Yes. Oh, she is, uh, is also a Pulitzer winner. Okay. She's a Pulitzer winner. So these are two of the most revered writers, point blank, in mm-hmm. the history of literature, let alone being African-Americans finest writers. Yeah. One of, like one of like the the two of the hugest uh, names in 20th century. So uh, this American game won't literature. be very funny or anything, but. So it's just like, it's just how, wait, you, the it's whole the point. butt's on also, you. Also, I want to point out, uh-huh. I have not read. A single novel by Toni Morrison nor Alice Walker. Oh, really? Damn it! I wish I'd known that. Yeah. And also, uh, I know. And just to just to kind of turn the tables, you have read Toni Morrison uh, books, and you also don't like her. Just one. Um. But and also, that's when I was eighteen. Didn't get it. That's true. Okay, um, Daniel. Okay. Fuck you. <laughs> should I have done Morrison on Morrison? You should have done Morrison on Morrison. Okay. <laughs> Daniel. Oh, fucking ads. Here's your first one. Celie has grown up poor in rural Georgia, despised by the society around her and abused by her own family. She strives to protect her sister, Nettie, from a similar fate. And while Nettie escapes to a new life as a missionary in Africa, Celie is left behind without her best friend and confidant, married off to an older suitor, and sentenced to a life alone of a harsh and brutal husband. In an attempt to transcend a life that often seems too much to bear, Celie begins writing letters directly to God. The letters spanning 20 years record a journey of self-discovery and empowerment guided by the light of a few strong women. She meets Shug Avery, her husband's mistress and a jazz singer possessed for life, and her stepson's wife, Sophia, who challenged her to fight for independence. And though the many letters from Celie's sister are hidden by her husband, Nettie's unwavering support will prove to be the most breathtaking of all. And these are the Amazon summaries. Yes. Daniel? Alice Walker? Toni Morrison? 
Do you know anything about e- about Toni Morrison? No. Do you even know any? Uh, I know. Can, I know names of her name novels. For books? Okay. Yeah, but that's that's it. Um, okay. So I'm gonna take a, a wild shot in the dark mm-hmm. because I'm going on nothing here. Uh-huh. Uh And I, I think like I, I believe Toni Morrison's a little more religious, but I could also just be wrong because i barely knew that allison walker wrote uh, the color purple uh-huh so i'm just gonna say tony morrison daniel yes guess what what yeah <laughs> daniel that was the color purple oh, by alice walker oh, actually yeah i didn't know starring I... oprah winfrey <laughs> that was the description for the movie <laughs> yeah it was a book oh okay <laughs> okay um, also, have not have you seen the movie? The I have not. Yeah, it's one of those weird. I keep hearing it's a Spielberg movie. Yeah, it's, hey, it was a prestige picture. Yeah, like a real big uh, hoity-toity prestige picture by uh, 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 directed by Steven Spielberg, starring Oprah fucking Winfrey. Yeah, I mean, wow. Guess they couldn't find a, a black woman to direct it, could we? Gabriel, clearly there were no black women directors back then. Must I mean, have been. Duh. Da-doy. Da-doy. Next one. All right. Hopefully, there's three. Oh, there's five. <laughs> two girls who grow up to become women two friends who become something worse than enemies in this brilliantly imagined novel the author tells a story of right and peace those are not the names that's their last names actually who meet as children in the small town of Adai in Ohio is it right with a W? it is Okay. their devotion is fierce enough to withstand bullies and the burden of a dreadful secret it endures even after right has grown up to be a pillar of the black community and peace has become a pariah but their friendship ends in an unforgivable betrayal. Or does it end? Daniel? Walker? Or Morrison? Uh, well, again? My, my genuine hope for this game is that we, among our listeners, are hardcore Toni Morrison fans, and they're like, Daniel! Why was that? Why is that your goal? <laughs> I, I engagement, Daniel. I we want them to tweet at us. No, this is the not the best way to engage people. Totally the best way. It's like you may as well be asking me like I don't know questions about fucking Doctor Who. Like I don't tails. know, and I guarantee you, you know what's gonna it's gonna gain more pissed off people. Me not knowing Doctor Who shit because <laughs> fandom is like that, motherfuckers. That said, I don't know Tony Morrison. I'm I'm gonna guess the last one was Alice Walker. Oh man, Daniel. Is that your final answer? Mm-hmm. Because correct. Hey, which one was that? That one is Sula. Sula. Okay. That, that, I think that's one of our bigger books, isn't it? It is. Okay. Before we go any further, Daniel, what are the Toni Morrison titles you know? Uh oh my god! Now I'm not gonna remember them. Uh, <laughs> Be- <laughs> Beloved, I remember because like uh, I used to work at a bookstore, mm-hmm. and I remember seeing all like the Toni Morrison books. Which I'll, you know, I'll what? give you an advantage. Um, Beloved is not any of these because okay. I thought you read Beloved. Beloved? Nope. I actually, to be honest, I don't really know what Beloved's about. The more I think about Beloved, the more I'm like, I was a fucking idiot for not getting that book. That it's it was really incredibly well done. It's on the Strain Eighty, right? Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna do it. Yeah, actually. we're gonna do it at it's, some point. It's a tremendous novel. Then it I... won the fucking Nobel Prize. All right, okay, yeah. We don't, Dude. Know, we don't know every single Nobel Prize winning fucking book. Jamie I mean, Christ I do. Dick. No, Wait, you don't. know any other titles no, by Toni Morrison? Um, Blue something. <laughs> okay. Uh, it's the one uh, color. Mud Baby. Close. Tar, tar baby. baby. Sorry, sorry, baby. Um, and uh, <laughs> I would say blue jasmine. What was the blue one again? Um, the bluest eye. The bluest eye. There wasn't something else though. It just said like blue something. She wrote a bunch of books. She did. She had she had some uh, come out uh, very recently too. True. Um, and also wonderfully short too. Good for her. All right, Daniel. Yes. Let's only do two more. Cause we'll put you out of your misery. Because mm. you got one and one. Why two? One. Why two? We, we tie, should just do one more. We have the third one. <laughs> okay. Okay, Daniel. Because we're yeah. Here we go. Picola Breedlove, a young black girl, prays every day for beauty. Mocked by other children for the dark skin, curly hair, and brown eyes that set her apart, she yearns for normalcy, for the blonde hair and light eyes that she believes will allow her to finally fit in. Yet as her dream grows more fervent, her life slowly starts to disintegrate in the face of adversity and strife. Daniel! Mm-hmm. Walker? Or Morrison? Gabriel? Yep. The first one, I guessed uh, Morrison. It was wrong. Mm-hmm. Second one, I guess it was Morrison. It was right. Yeah. I'm going to stick to what I know. <laughs> and guess Walker? And select Morrison. <laughs> okay. That's, that's, that is a very solid strategy. Yes. I'm going to... um uh. My app is playing a Panda Pop ad, so I'm hey, going to yeah, for a this second. Is for 30 seconds, Panda Pop. <laughs> if you want to pop your pandas, go to pandapop.com and pop, pop that those pandas. pandas. Woo. Here we go. You said Morrison? Uh-huh. Ready? 
Correct, Daniel. Hey. That was the bluest eye. The bluest eye. The one we just talked about. The one we just talked about. It was blue something. I thought there was something else. It jasmine? Was, I don't know where I'm at. Yeah. Honestly, right. I was trying to remember. What's it called? Blue jasmine or some damn thing? Yes. Right. That, you know, by known lover of... Uh... No. Not, no. <laughs> okay. So, Daniel, if you get this one, uh, get this one wrong, you got to do the last one. Okay. Or you can say you win. Let's see how it goes. Billy Aaron, not the real name. A deeply conflicted and struggling tenant farmer in the deep south of the 1930s leaves his family and everything he's ever known to find happiness and respect in the cold cities of the north. This misadventure, his quote-unquote second life, proves a dismal failure that sends him back where he came from to confront his now grown-up son's disastrous relationships with his own family, including Billy's granddaughter, Ruth, a child that Billy grows to love. Love becomes a substance of his third and final life. He spends it in devotion to Ruth, teaching and protecting her, though the cost of doing so is almost more than he can bear. Walker or Morrison? Gabriel, before I answer this, yes, is there like a clear difference of like the like the stories that they tell between Walker and Morrison? That's a good question. Um, almost certainly so. But let's see here. Um, I think that um, you know. I don't have a good answer for this, so I'm gonna default. I'm gonna not be a white guy, <laughs> oh, and I'm just gonna say I don't know. That's cool, and uh, and you're not forcing somebody else to. Uh, you're not you're not uh, being forced to answer something that you don't you have no idea what it is. Correct. And being called upon it. Yes, indeed. That's cool. That's yep. nice. Yep. Uh, Gabriel. So the first one I said Morrison, mm-hmm. and I was wrong. The second one I guessed Morrison, and yeah. was right. Yeah. Third one guessed Morrison, and was right again. Yeah. Gabriel. Yes, Daniel. I'm gonna say Walker. You gonna say Walker? Walker. All right, Daniel. Panda pop, panda pop. Panda pop. Yeah. Correct. Three. The title was The Third Life of Grange Copeland. <sighs> that came out a couple years ago. Oh, yeah? Daniel, She's still alive? Yeah. Oh, cool. She's still publishing. Daniel. Yes. Despite all your protestations, you won the game. You I, won Walker v. Morrison. I do not feel good. <laughs> um... <laughs> Well, we're going to be doing Tony Morrison's. I think Color Purple is also on uh, the Strand 80, isn't it? Uh, I imagine so. But then again, don't forget, there's also a lot of them. They had to make make room for some extra Harry Potter books. Yeah, it's such bullshit. I should also get that ready, to be honest with you. But um, yeah, let me actually, one second, let me actually look this real quick. Gabriel, what is a, yeah. So, uh, 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 uh. Sorry, what? No, forget it. I'm done. It's good. (laughs) Uh, I tell you what, let's go to break. When we come back, we're going to do final thoughts. Gabriel? Yeah? Throw us to break, please. Okay, I was gonna fart again, but I decided not to do it. Welcome back, dear listener readers. Hi, everyone. Two. The wind has been taken out of my sails. This is Slow <laughs> Readers, America's Fast Space Literature Podcast, brought to you by Topcom Radio. Beloved is on the list, straight 80 list. The color purple is not. I'm That's sorry. Embarrassing, Strand. Uh, Strand had to make uh, a few more fucking spots available to those extra Harry Potter books. Yeah. And also more Anne Rand. Daniel, so part of the reason why I wanted to do the Strand eighty was that I want I wanted to get maybe like a little bit of groundswell, have like maybe the Strand RTS, maybe get some, maybe like eventually like get some get some good PR of them. Mm-hmm. But maybe we've been coming at this all wrong, Daniel. Maybe. Maybe Stranded should become our miniseries where we take down the Strand 80. Gabriel, do you think that we should wage a war? Let's wage war against on the Strand 80. The oldest, finest, but I don't want to say oldest, finest bookstore <laughs> in America. Yes. Gabriel, like a good-natured war. I am all for this because you know what I. I think if any, I think if you if you have the opportunity and the privilege to visit the Strand bookstore, you should absolutely visit it. It is a beautiful store, and you, you should totally do that. That said, fuck the Strand Haiti. Um, let's 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 get a, let's get a trend going. If you're in New York City, um, and you want to record yourself walking into the Strand, um, go to the Strand Haiti display, knock several books over, and shout, "Slow readers," <laughs> and um, fuck the Strand Haiti, and run out. I will personally send you fifty dollars. Or please don't do this. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say, do not do that. <laughs> please don't do that. <laughs> or, or if you just want to fuck Gabe over for fifty bucks, I mean, you, you know, actually, let's let's have a little experiment. Oh no! The first three people who do this, I will send you fifty dollars. I will Venmo you fifty dollars. Or, or don't do that. Or what you can do, you can go to the Strand eighty. Li- I'm actually, I never noticed the uh, 
the the display for this. Oh, they always do right in the middle of the floor, right? And right when you walk I've, in, I've never noticed that's what the name was. Um, you know what? And I noticed that they they love displaying a lot of Cormac McCarthy books, but I guess it's around the strain eighty. Mm. But uh, if you want to go to the strain eighty list, take a very quiet selfie with it, and just hashtag uh, slow rears hashtag fuck the strain eighty. Yes, yeah, sounds um, good. Or take a photo of just your middle finger pointed at it. Mm-hmm. And we will. Uh, yeah. To be clear, please it. do not go into the strand eighty yeah, and knock that. books on the ground. That's not cool. <laughs> that's, that's not cool. If you want to go in there and just shout the words "fuck the strand eighty," so I'm slow readers for life, and record that. Yes. No. What? That, what <laughs> why is that any better? No. Don't do any. We're making a mess. Don't do any, Our fans aren't fucking f- bunch of Rick and Morty teenage fans. All right. All right? That's a fair point. We are classier people. All right. Just we us, love books. Just send a selfie and hashtag. We tag love us reading. We love the printed word. But we hate the strand eighty. Yeah, the strand. Okay. Well, that's so, it. If you want us to wage war, <laughs> just tell us. That's it. We'll figure. We'll plan the, the this whole war thing later out. We haven't mm-hmm. thought this through, Gabriel. Yep. Before we before we continue that thought, even uh-huh. though we should return to it. Yes. Um, I think we should do final thoughts on okay. Fran Anzo. Francis Zachary. Which also here is is this the traditional way to spell Zoe? Um, because spelled... I don't know. I looked this up before we recorded. Officially, according to the publishers of the book of the people who carry um Salinger's estate, it is Zoe. It is not Zooey. Okay. Because it looks like Zooey. Yep. But then again, yeah. Uh, also, because Zoe's usually spelled with one O. I think it? It, uh, it depends, really. I mean, it's kind of like Chloe. Chloe can be spelled any number of ways. I guess so. That's it, Gabriel. Yeah. Let's do some final thoughts real quick. Give us okay. final thoughts on Fran and Zoo. Um, I continue to love this book. I understand it even less now than it was when I was 18 because <laughs> I now have the mental capacity and the life experience to feel it a little deeper. I feel like if there's ever a book that a guest wanted to return to and we'd have a, like a bigger conversation on it, I would love to do Franny and Zoe again because this is such a such a heavy book with heavy themes and a lot of enlightenment to it and fat ladies. Mm, fat la- the fat lady is Jesus. Spoiler alert. That should be our t-shirt. Fat, fat lady, lady is, is Jesus. Jesus. Jesus spoilers. Yes. <laughs> spoilers. Fat lady is Jesus. That's a t-shirt. That's a t-shirt. I- I'm a fan. We're getting a new. We're getting two new stickers and maybe even t-shirt designs ready, listeners. Oh so, hell yeah! Um, I'm very, very excited about um uh, 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 the wonderful Evan Stutz at MC Wallaby is designing them for us. Uh, yeah. So hopefully we're gonna have a couple new designs coming, including the fat lady is Jesus and uh, yeah, hashtag the, YOLO. The <laughs> the drafts for it are very good looking. I- I'm very yeah. happy with them yeah i'm very very pleased also i just double checked uh uh raise high the roof beam carpenters is not on the strand 80 motherfuckers that's pretty impressive three of the books i'm actually don't remember if nine stories is on there but i don't think it is i don't think it is either which is some bullshit um very nice gabriel Daniel, uh, your final thoughts final Fran- thoughts francois and zoa um i'm kind of holding back a little bit i really like this book oh great um and uh, it, it's... i always that's why so not to interrupt you on this thing Again, you and I were friends back in high school, and you were the catcher and rye guy, and you were also the one out of our friend group who was always much more into, like, Buddhist kind of things. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, that Daniel's into Buddhist things. Well, yeah. So I, I read Franny and Zoe, mm-hmm. and then I'm like, Daniel, have you read Franny and Zoe? And you're like, nope. I'm like, oh, well, all right then. Yeah, uh, whenever I would mention Buddhism to anybody as a kid, uh, they would constantly reference, uh, they'd be like, oh, like Franny and Zoe. I'm like, what? Mm-hmm. <laughs> or they'd be like, "Oh, JD Salinger." I'm like, "What?" Funny, because like this was the kind of this was this is the JD Salinger that I was unaware of for most of my for most of my life, um, but I knew that at some point he talked about like he was very much about Buddhism and whatnot. Uh, also, I want to point out that a lot of the concepts in this book are and don't get me wrong, like there's like a certain kind of Christianity. Yeah, we we, we didn't even go into the ultimate message of this book. Yeah, well, it's it's pretty heavy. It's I, a lot. I don't necessarily remember a lot of things. But it's they, an incredibly dense book. They they make their uh, Zoe makes a really fine point where like relig- like um like attaining like the Christ head or whatever it's called or godhead or whatever is a or godhead sounds a little too uh, that sounds um, uh, <laughs> sacrilegious. Christ consciousness. <laughs> Christ consciousness that's the word. Is all about detachment. And uh and now and then he'll drop a word that actually is referring to Buddhism, which is basically like 
for me at least it's like that's no he's talking about buddhism like i have no idea why he's talking about Jesus. like all about detachment and being as he, as he says very briefly um desirelessness yeah uh and whatnot and it's detachment and appreciate and um, appreciation for humanity as itself yes christ is humanity yeah and it's but it's very interesting that it's it's looking at christianity through like the lens of like 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 buddhist kind of yeah, eastern philosophy insight, you know yeah um and also um supposedly and i got this from like the wikipedia page uh sure. but like the uh the repeated the as they talk about there's like a line i actually don't remember do you remember the line the the line from like the prayer that you're supposed to pray? lord jesus christ have mercy on me yeah a miserable sinner i'm miserable but you don't say that miserable yeah sinner. lord jesus christ have mercy on me um but you just repeat that's it. why i was surprised you 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 led our episode with the ham thing i'm like you could have <laughs> got a fat lady you could have gone at the prayer no i i the had the ham line. part and i was like that's how i'm gonna start this okay i literally thought that beforehand that's i know as, you, you were ready you sat down with a fire in your eyes um but no like so that that specifically as like oh, uh, in the book you repeat this phrase over and over again mm-hmm. and you constantly you constantly make that prayer over and over again much like om or namu amida butsu yes and at some point it, you kind of like lose distinction of like you saying the prayer and not saying the prayer so you essentially kind of like be- there's like a oneness it there it becomes like a bodily function which as you said uh is very like you have that kind of concept through like world religions and whatnot outside of christianity and uh is very reminiscent of like a zen koan yeah yeah and uh, if y'all want to know a very popular zen koan go to nine stories for uh we all know the sound of two hands clapping what is the sound of one hand clapping do not didn't do we... not speak show me <laughs> didn't we have that terrible bit where we decided the sound of one hand clapping is furious masturbation <laughs> well you tell me i think we did i guess <laughs> yeah <Not cool? laughs> i forget what episode that was uh, no. that said yeah no I, I i really like this um it is it is i tell you what this is the book that everyone kept going like like oh i love jd saunders oh the glass family huh mm-hmm. you know like it is a lot of that or uh most importantly um and this technically is like a uh a, a, a hazy memory um What's it's that? it's the idea that like every time when uh when uh, i'm a big fan of wes anderson films sure and whenever anyone talks about Royal Tenenbaums and like the early films and whatnot, they're just like, like, oh yeah, all of the stuff is just based on Salinger books, whatever. Yeah. And I'm like, well, imagine like the visual density of that. The visual density, and also very specifically with the Glass family as presented in this, being like these wonder kids and whatnot who kind of faltered as adults. Yeah. Um, are, is very clearly a like, reference to the, the Glass family. Uh, yeah. The, that, I was, uh, I was um, saying the other way around. Like Tenenbaums are versions of that. I was describing the Glass family. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> well, like, same... Angelica Houston writes that book in the movie, like, Family of Geniuses or something like that. Yeah. And so, like, yeah, it's... The, the, yeah. That's it. Uh, pretty cool. <laughs> pretty cool. Time. Pretty cool stuff. Uh, I, I really like this. Uh, recommend it. I'd love to revisit C+. it. C+. Yeah, above average. Above average. Gabriel. Yes, Daniel. We have a couple. Well, technically a couple. Yes, we have, yeah. like, our last major uh, segment based on the book, and it's called Hey. Easy memories. Easy memories. Sponsored by Jonathan B. Hayes of the Whip Around Podcast. Yeah. Or as you dubbed him last week, Jonathan B. Horny. Jonathan B. Horny. Jonathan B. Horny. Go, Shawnee. Go, go, go. <laughs> Shawnee be good. Shawnee be horny. <laughs> Shawnee be horny. Was that movie about Johnny fucking? That Johnny movie? be good? The, the, what, the, Johnny be good? The movie Johnny be good? No, the song Johnny be good. You said movie. John, go, Johnny. Go, no, go, go. it's about him playing the guitar. It's not about fucking? No, it's about the guitar. Are you sure? He plays the guitar like ringing a bell. Is it? Well. Damn <laughs> anyway, anyway, it's about fucking. Anyway, yeah. that's it. Um, we so need to watch Back to the Future a few more times. We have this final segment called... <laughs> Hazy Memories, brought <laughs> Hazy to you memories. by the Whip Around Podcast, our sister, our, our stepsister podcast. Step, wow, we, we, we absolutely fucking adopted them, I guess. Yeah, <laughs> hey, they're our, our, like our... Second cousin podcast. Yeah, like second. Let's call them second cousins. Yeah. So basically, they're okay to fuck. Yeah, baby. <laughs> That's it. Once removed. You know, they are a weird news podcast and in honor of one of their hosts, Sean Hayes. Daniel, what is the memory you will retain from Fanny and Zoe down the line? I think I shot my load with this. I, I believe you did. With talking about that dog that's barking. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, but I'm um, talking a bit about like a mixture between all those things that I said were... It's anytime someone would talk, yeah, like the early Wes Anderson movies, they would say like, oh, like J.D. Salinger, Penny and Zoe, and I'd not have any idea what they were saying. Uh, talking about J.D. Salinger and Buddhism, and I did not know what they were talking about. And now I have that right now. It's like, oh, yeah, that's the thing that everyone kept fucking talking to me about. Now yeah. I know what they're talking about. By everyone, you mean me? Uh, you and a bunch of other people. It's not okay. Just you. Um, but that said. I take all the credit. That said, things I'm going to remember specifically from this book. 
Uh, oh, the really nice description of when Zoe sees how distraught Franny is after he gave him that She's lecture. She's lying face down. He describes that as basically saying like, oh, it's like giving your bunny loving sister a birthday present when she opens it. Super excited. It's a cobra with a ribbon around it. Yeah. And I'm just like, woof, damn girl. Yeah. Salander, that was a fucking hell of a line. Great stuff. Gabriel, what is your, hey, easy Mowry. Boy, the whole thing, really. It's one of those things where this was a formative book for me. Mm. That really, like, reading it. Like, this is one of those. It's like this in the game. Yeah, exactly. All I do is all I do is try to be a crazy pickup artist, and I peacock left and right, Damn and straight. I talk about Buddhism. And you talk about Buddhism, and you talk about yeah. I hit on fat ladies while wearing a big fur coat. Damn straight. Yeah, buddy. Hey, memory. Hey, memory. Um, again, like, there's so much to this book that has stuck with me. Like, you know, not to put too big a point on this book, I feel like this was one of the, like those entry points into adulthood that I had, where I stopped like. I don't know, fixating on dumb shit. And I started becoming an adult. And every bit of it, like, I, I always think about, like, the, the final moments of Franny, where she's just, like, quietly whispering the thing. That's probably my most clear memory of this book, always. It's the end of Franny, yeah. where she's just in, like, the in like the manager's office at the restaurant, pale and passed out, just slowly, quietly mouthing those words to her. That's why, um, the, the prayer to herself. Mm. That's why I'm like, Fran- Zoe was published two years later yeah and franny operated in a vacuum it's, it's it seems so strange to me it well yeah and that's why it does a really nice job like recapping what happened in franny yeah. very clearly um because like again as i said in the kind of describing this book yeah they published two years apart this is not a novel this is a this is a story collection yeah yeah it's kind of interesting where like i feel like if it's you a just, short story in a novella if he waited two more years i don't even know why they waited they could have just put these two together with Raise High the Roof Beam, Carpenters, and Seymour Introduction. It yeah. kind of makes you wonder why they didn't. I wonder too. You know. That said, they're really nice and small and very handsome looking. Yeah, it's it's a great story. If somehow you haven't read this already, give it a shot. It's not a beach read or anything, but it's definitely a, a worthy undertaking. It is. That's it. <laughs> we need to stop fucking talking about this pile of shit. Peace out, Zooey. And we need to fucking roll. Listeners, we're going to roll. I'm going to roll this enormous concrete 80-sided die to decide what's the next book we're doing on the Strand 80. I am very excited. And Gabriel, I have to say, you always put on like these like weighted fucking like like bells around like yeah. your like your wrists and shit. Yeah. Just because you think it's not heavy enough, you're really hardcore. It's called man. conditioning, Daniel. All right, that's it. Just roll a fucking thing. Yeah, that guy in West Hollywood called me fat. All right, ready? <laughs> Balls! 56. 56. Oh, this is an interesting. Okay. The Poisonwood Bible. I don't know what that is. Uh, oh, one second. That's one I've of the only s- books in Australian 80 I've never heard of. One second. I'm going to bring this up in a second. Uh, I've seen this so many times. Oh, boy. I can't spell. I mean, I- I'm going to count you on your word on this. Daniel could be like, we're reading another Cormac McCarthy book. By Barbara? King Solver. Barbara King Solver. I know of her. Maybe actually, I may was thinking about something else. <laughs> okay. Yeah, actually, so the Poisonwood Bible. I don't think I know this. I know nothing about this book. Well, I tell you, I what, also know very little about Barbara King Solver. I've seen that. I've seen that title many times. God, I hope it's not long. I fucking hope it's not goddamn long. I'm looking. Right oh, now. fuck you! Five hundred seventy-six pages. God damn it, Gabriel. Let me read the plot description of the Poisonwood Bible. Uh, okay. The Poisonwood Bible is a story told by the wife and four daughters of Nathan Price, a fierce evangelical. Uh, Baptist who takes his family and mission to the Belgian Congo in 1959. They carry Heavy. with them everything they believe they will need from home, but soon find out that all of it, from the garden seeds to scripture, is calamitously uh, transformed on African soil. What follows up your alley. is a suspenseful... What? This sounds up your alley. Yeah, sure. Uh, what follows is a suspenseful epic of one family's tragic undoing and remarkable con- reconstruction over the course of three decades in post-colonial Africa. Heavy. El Salvador. El Salvador. That's not the, even out in Africa. Not in Africa. Just El Salvador. I want you to put all of Nicaragua and put it in your base. Put it in amplifier. <laughs> base? Whatever it was. <laughs> I'm talking to Adam Clayton. Edge, put it in your base. <laughs> awesome. Inside joke. All right. Yes. Gabriel, uh, we're not going to do that next week. Next week, I think we're going to do... We're going to chill it out a little bit. Either we're going to be doing the next episode of um, Fanzer Kunst, our Battle Angel Alita sub-podcast, or Daniel's going to select a short story for us. And I just realized I forgot to look that up. But uh, yeah, Mm -hmm. we're going to do that next week. Gabriel, that's it. It's the end of the show, so go ahead and plug us, plug us, plug. 
Okay. Um, everyone, you can follow me on Instagram at read, as in reading a book, dot Richards. I've kind of fallen behind on it. Boo, I was you doing suck. Yeah, Fuck you! I was doing a couple, uh, some of them, like, haul pictures, but I'll get back on that. I'm, I'm tired. Um... So follow me on there. Give this show some rate reviews and subscribe. Give us some stars. You don't even have to like our show. Just give us a review. Be like Johnny No Thumbs. That guy's contributing to iTunes more than you guys are. Damn straight. Just fucking saying. That's. I mean, he's he, he's an artist, and that's his platform. Yeah. And yeah. And lastly, um, please, uh, if you haven't already, check out self-evident Asian America stories. I contributed to this first season. My episode is episode number three. The talk we were supposed to have. They just wrapped up their first season. They did an outstanding job. I can't recommend them enough. Please check it out. We were featured in the fucking AV Club. Dancing. Just saying. Uh, specifically, Gabriel's episode. Was specifically, featured in my AV. episode. I hope there's gonna be a sequel in season two. I highly doubt it. Okay. But you know, I'm a. I, I might see if they, they will hire me to be an audio producer for them. Also, maybe you can. Uh, we'll save it for later. We'll figure but it out off, off air. <laughs> yeah, Daniel, go ahead and plug. You can follow me on Twitter at Top Gun Radio. Tweet I'm it. not really on it. And uh, now then we'll retweet a picture from 41 Strange, which is very popular right now. Uh, uh, you send can... me that great picture above uh, the Rashomon cast. You can follow me on Instagram at Slow Readers, which I post the most. And uh, you can also buy my fiction uh, on Amazon right now in paperback and Kindle, The Shadow from the Deep and A Cook in the Kingdom. And you can always go to TopGauntPress.com for information on those books and how to get them. Hey, hey. Um, that's the end of the show. Cool. Bye. Bye. This has been a Top Count Radio production, executive produced by Daniel Gonzalez and Gabriel Mara. For more shows and information, go to topcountradio.com. Thank you.